0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media Thanks to the generosity of our supporters Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au In our darkest hour, our heart cries out with questions Pastor Greg Laurie says, don't be afraid to take those questions to God
1: Lord, where were you? Lord, where were you when my marriage dissolved? Where were you when my child went astray? Where were you when my loved one died? It's okay to pour your heart out to the Lord. The key is you pour your heart out to the Lord. If it causes you pain, He cares. This is the day when the lost are found.
0: people will share their pain with just about anyone, friend, bartender, or cashier at the supermarket, a wrong number who calls up. Other people keep all their pain locked away inside the aching chambers in their heart. But what is the best way to deal with our misfortunes? Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the value of bringing our pain to the Lord. He invites us to call on Him, and He has the capacity to bring hope in the middle of crisis.
1: Well, now we see a story before us here in John 11 of death. It's a story of Mary, Martha, and their brother, Lazarus, who died. They were devastated by this unexpected tragedy. They were effectively saying, as we'll see in a moment, it's not fair because they were a tight-knit family and one that happened to be very close to Jesus. So when their brother, Lazarus, who was also a friend of our Lord, got very sick, they just sent word to Christ, figuring he'd take care of it straight away. That brings us to our text, John 11, verse one. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed uh, the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. We'll stop there. So, uh, here we are, Mary and Martha. They're probably bragging to their friends. You know, Jesus, we're, we're like this. We're so tight. He'll be here any moment. He'll come walking down that road like he always does. And Martha will hook him up with a great meal. He'll heal Lazarus and we'll have a great time. And they waited and they waited and they waited. Now Lazarus is sicker and sicker. Now he's died. Now it's been one day. Now it's been two days. Now it's been three days. Now it's been four days, and still no Jesus, and one day, here comes Jesus, headed toward Bethany. So not only has he not healed his close friend, he even missed the funeral. So in their estimation, Jesus had failed. Jesus was late, and here's what happens. John 11, verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Wow, pretty accusatory. But even now I know whatever you ask of God, he'll give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, well, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I'm asking you. Jesus asked her, I'm asking you, do you believe this? It's still true. But Martha was very honest. Lord, where were you? Lord, we were telling everyone you'd come through for us. And maybe you've said that to God, in all honesty. Lord, where were you when my marriage dissolved? Lord, where were you when my parents divorced? Where were you when my child went astray? Where were you when My loved one died. But I want you to notice something that's very important. Jesus did not reprove Martha. He was actually very understanding, very patient with her. And here's my point. It's not a bad thing to tell God how you feel. You don't have to candy-coat prayers. Did you know you can be honest with God in prayer? You can actually say, Lord, I don't like the way things are going right now. And I'm not happy right now. And I don't understand why you're doing what you're doing right now, but I'm crying out to you, Lord, because I have nowhere else to go. It's like the apostles said when Jesus said, will you also go away? They said, Lord, where else shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Let's paraphrase, Lord, you're the only game in town. More specifically, you're the only God in town. We don't like this, and we're asking you why. It's okay to pour your heart out to the Lord. The key is you pour your heart out to the Lord. Jesus did not correct Martha. Rather he seeks to give her an eternal perspective. Martha, verse 26. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Yeah, I believe it. Okay, so she's gone now. Enter Mary. Now by the way, Martha was very outspoken. We know this from other stories in the Bible. She was always one to speak her mind. You knew where you stood with Martha. Do you know someone like her? They just blurt out things. And then they'll say, I don't know why I just said that. Yeah, there's, there's Martha's out there. Mary was quieter. She was very perceptive spiritually. But now look at how the story shifts here. Verse 32 of John 11. Then Mary came where Jesus was and saw him and fell down at his feet and said, same thing as Martha, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with their weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Point number three, Jesus weeps with us in our times of pain. Does that surprise you? Jesus weeps with us in our times of pain. We might think, oh no, God's indifferent. God's disconnected. God doesn't really care. No, no. Jesus was and is God. What is God like? God is Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus was God with a face on. Jesus was God walking among us as a man. You wanna know what God is like? Look at Jesus. So what does God feel when we're in pain, he feels that pain as well. He's the only one who can truly say, I'll feel your pain. <laughs> so why did this happen? Because Jesus, according to Isaiah 53, was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with the most bitter grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by, but he was despised and we didn't care. Yet in our weakness, he carried our sorrows. They weighed him down. Hmm. Yeah, Jesus bore your sins, didn't he? But he also carried your sorrows. So if it hurts you, it affects him. If it causes you pain, he cares. Jesus wept, that says a lot about how he looks at us and how he cares about us. Listen, death breaks God's heart just as it breaks our heart. And therefore, Jesus not only cares, but we also find another emotion of our Lord here that's sort of surprising. We see anger combined with sorrow. Uh, verse 33, of John 11. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, he was moved with indignation and was deeply troubled and they came to the grave. That's verse 38, now I dropped down too. And it was a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. So the word trouble could be translated, he was mad. Listen, Jesus experienced a full gamut of human emotion. He felt joy, he felt happiness, he felt sorrow, and he felt anger. Oh yeah, Jesus got angry. Boy, I wouldn't want to be on his bad side, would you? Remember the story of when he made a whip and drove the money changers out of the temple? Well, here he is angry again. So who is he angry with? Is he angry with Martha? No. No. Is he angry with Mary? Again, no. Is he angry with these people? No. He's angry with death itself. In effect, Christ is angry with the grim reaper, if you will. He's angry that this had to happen. This was not my plan, but this is the way it is. And it makes me angry.
0: Thanks for joining us on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in California. And as Pastor Greg continues our study today, Jesus is arriving at the tomb of Lazarus, where he wept. Mary pointed out that if Jesus had arrived sooner, maybe her brother wouldn't have died. It's a message called, When God Seems Late.
1: We see what happens after that. He says, uh, well, show me where he is. And he walks up there. And Martha warns him, Lord, by now he stinketh. That's King James. And I love the word stinketh because it's a really Elizabethan way of telling someone they stink. So if you're with some guy and he doesn't smell good because he hasn't bathed in a week, just say, you know, by now you stinketh. That's just nice. <laughs> Lord, he's, uh, he's decomposing, yeah? Watch this. Lazarus, come forth. And here comes Lazarus from the other side alive again. It's a good thing Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, because if He had simply said, come forth, every body in every grave would have simultaneously burst from the ground and burst from the tombs. That's the power of Jesus, where He can be heard on the other side, in heaven itself. And by the way, this was not a sweet deal for Lazarus. This poor guy had to die twice. (laughs) Isn't it bad enough to die once? Come back to life and die again some other time. <laughs> Lazarus is thinking, you know, I was kind of enjoying it over on the other side there in old Abraham's bosom, man. That was nice and comforting and really? Yeah, really. And that brings me to my next point, number four. God can be glorified through human suffering and he can bring good out of bad. So in this case, it was a horrible tragedy, but God intervened and brought a resurrection. And sometimes through suffering, some of the best things in life can happen. Sometimes that rejection, that demotion, that firing, that setback, that breakup, whatever it is, could be something that propels you forward in a way you never imagined. So this looked like the worst case scenario. Lazarus is dead, we'll never see him again. Jesus brings him back again. So here's what you need to know. Hope grows strongest in the garden of pain. I mean, we all want hope, right? But the Bible says if you want hope, you're gonna get it through tribulation. Because Romans 5.3 says we glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces endurance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Hope grows strongest in the garden of pain. We think, no, hope grows when everything's going well. Hope grows when there's no problems. No, actually, that's not the case. Hope grows when things are hard because that's when God comes through and shows you His power in the darkest circumstances. That's where your hope gets strong. What is hope? Let's use it as an acronym, H-O-P-E. Holding on with patient expectation. So Lazarus was brought back again from the other side. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Listen, the tomb is not an entrance to death, but to life. Heaven is the earthly life of the believer, glorified and perfected. So listen, Christ has conquered death. You say, now, are you nuts, Craig? Uh... People still die. What do you mean Christ has conquered death? Well, I know people die. Well, I know that very well, actually. But I'm saying death is not the end. As I said earlier, we live in the land of the dying and we're headed to the land of the living. When you put your faith in Christ, you have life during life and you have the hope of life beyond the grave. Why? Because when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for our sin and he conquered death. Death died when Christ rose. So yes, believers still die. Yes, there comes a moment when our heart will stop beating and we'll no longer be able to draw breath in our lungs. Yes, that day will come when we'll be technically brain dead, I may already be right now, I'm not sure. But (laughs) the point is, that day will come, but the soul lives on, you see. That's what's unique about humanity. What are you trusting in right now? Proverbs ten twenty eight says, the hopes of the godly result in happiness, but the expectations of the wicked are in vain. Man, I just read an article that made that point. Just read it today. It was about millennials and God. And here was the headline, millennials are losing their faith and replacing it with pizza, push-ups, and profound digital connections. And then this article says, and I quote, just 20 Seven to 28% of people in their 20s and early 30s attend religious services regularly, according to the latest figures from the Pew Research Center. And what they're doing instead is some are finding their answers in yoga, others on Facebook, and some even in pizzerias. Like one guy named Kayvon who said he found in a pizzeria what he did not find in organized religion, deep conversations, and relationships. This is so crazy, I don't know what to say. But I kinda get it in a way too. What these young people are saying is we're not seeing it in organized religion. I don't see it in organized religion either. And this, by the way, is not organized religion. We're talking here about a relationship with Jesus Christ and that's what you need. That's the only thing that will sustain you. Because when you come to the end of your life, pizza is not gonna save you, or yoga, and certainly not Facebook, or any other social media. Remember when 9-11 happened? Some of you don't, it was a long time ago. But when 9-11 happened, when the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center came crashing to the ground and we all watched it happen in real time, it was a national trauma. And I'll tell you what, churches were packed. And there were people on street corners having prayer vigils. Even the Congress got along for a day It stood on the steps of the Capitol and broke into a spontaneous version of God bless America. It was almost revival-like for a while. And then we went back to our old ways again. Yeah, I think we turn to God because instinctively we know God has what we need. And we can say, I don't believe in organized religion, Please. We're not talking about organized religion. We're talking about Jesus Christ. Dare I say it? Jesus is greater than pizza. <laughs> and Facebook. And yoga. And religion. And rituals. And possessions. And power. And money. Jesus is greater than anything this world offers. And He's the one you need to turn to. Because He's the only one who can save you. And you can be a Christian and eat pizza. It's awesome. So (laughs) just put it in its proper place in your mouth. All right. It won't fill the hole in your soul. But Jesus will. And Jesus Christ who died on the cross 2,000 years ago rose again from the dead. And he's here with us right here right now. Standing at the door of your life, and he is knocking. And he's saying, If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. So, I want to close by giving you an opportunity to believe in Jesus, an opportunity to find hope in this life, an opportunity to fill a hole in your heart you've tried to fill with other things. And he's just a prayer away. And if you need Jesus tonight, if you're not sure that you'll go to heaven when you die, if you're not convinced your life is right with God, or Maybe you've fallen away from the Lord and you feel like you need to come back to him again. I'm gonna extend an opportunity as we close now in prayer. So let's all bow our heads right now and pray together. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and dying and rising. And thank you for the hope of life beyond the grave and life during life. I pray for any here that may not yet know you. Help them to see their need for You. Help them to come to You and believe in You. Right now, we would ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And as you've listened today, you've come to realize that you need to make a change in your relationship with the Lord.
1: Pastor Greg would love to help you right now. Jesus Christ is with you right where you are right now. And if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, if you want to invite him into your life, why don't you pray this prayer after me right now? In fact, I would even encourage you to pray it out loud. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my life and forgive me of my sin. I thank you for dying for me on the cross and then rising again from the dead. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Be my Savior, be my Lord, be my God, and be my friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, listen, as you just prayed that prayer, maybe you felt something emotional. I've had people write me and tell me of how they prayed with me at the end of our radio broadcast and tears came down their cheeks, or they felt a great joy. Maybe one of those things happened to you, or then again, maybe you felt nothing. Listen, irregardless of how you feel right now, I want you to know a fact. If you prayed that prayer and meant minute, Jesus Christ has come into your life. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. That verse doesn't say, so you can think you have eternal life or hope if God's in a really good mood, you may have eternal life. No, it says you can know it. And if you just prayed that prayer in a minute, Christ has come into your life. So let me say to you, welcome to God's family.
0: Thanks, Pastor Greg. If you've prayed those words for the very first time today, We'd love to help you get started in living your new life for the Lord. We'd love to send you some free follow-up materials. It's called our New Believers Growth Packet. We'll send it out to you for free with no obligation when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time, Pastor Greg leads us into another biblical story. We'll follow Mary, whose love for the Lord was so great that she gave her all, including an extravagant sacrifice of possibly her most precious possession. That's next time, right here on A New Beginning. This is the day, the day Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called When God Seems Late. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app, where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on one 800 or go to visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.